You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, welcome back. Afternoons on SEN, all thanks to SBS Fence, that is. Portable toilet and temporary fence hire in Sydney, sbsfence.com.au. So the breaking news we had, top of the hour. Thank you, Alex and the team at SBS Fence. Renewed their support for the Afternoons program and for SEN. Uh, and we do appreciate that. So thank you, sir. SENQ, 6.93am in Brizzy. SEN, 11.70 Sydney. SEN, 16.20am on the Gold Coast, SEN app, anywhere, anytime. Check out the podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get the good and the bad podcasts, of course. Afternoons with Jimmy Smith. That's what you are looking for. And remember, get involved in the conversation today. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, 01 1170 And the text line, 0457-736-736. Matty Rogers coming up very shortly. And then we'll talk to Glenn Hawke as well, all the issues around sport. But silly season has started. November 1, who's going to be the first domino to fall? Uh, Actually, I don't even know I should describe them as dominoes because just because one falls doesn't mean the next fall. So uh, interesting. Lots of interest around Jerome Luai, Ezra Mam, a number of players. But... Uh, you just wonder how many are actually going to change clubs. The Kangaroos have named a very strong side for this game against the Kiwis, Pacific Championship. So we'll speak to Adrian Lamb next hour about that. He's the assistant coach of the Kangaroos. Payne Haas, Tino Farsua, Malaawi, Liam Martin back into the starting 17, and Selwyn Cobbo misses in, uh, misses out, sorry, misses out, and Dylan Edwards and Valentine Holmes. Uh, the wingers, speaking of wingers, the fastest player in the NRL is a Kiwis player, Ronaldo Mulatalo from the Sharkies. That surprises me a little bit. So he's number one. Jason Saab, number two. Micah Sivo, number three. Dom Young, number four. Where's Josh Adokar? Where's Josh Adokar? He's fifth. And Stefano Yutoikamanu was the second fastest West Tiger, the big front rower. So that is three-part series with the Daily Telegraph. Please, please, please. Can we have in either the second or the third part? I don't care. We must have the slowest player in the National Rugby League. I would be very interested in that. News away from that, Paul Gallen. He's denied throwing punches. This is at a pub down the coast, Shoalhaven Heads, a Friday night. So have you seen the video? I had to check it out online, saw that. Uh, I didn't throw a punch, Gallen told this masthead. This masthead is the Daily Telegraph. So... Uh, they wrote the article. The video doesn't show the entire situation. So what's happened here? Gal's had a few beers at the pub. Someone's called him out. He wanted to wrestle with him, and then someone filmed it. So welcome to 2023 is my thoughts on that. Welcome to the Canberra Raiders for Morgan Smithies, former Wigan player, over 100 games in the Super League, won the comp with Wigan. Uh, so 
The Canberra Raiders have picked him up. Price? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen enough of Morgan Smithies to be able to give an accurate price on that one. Edge, back rower, middle forward. Uh, we'll have to wait. Oh, you know, following in the footsteps of John Bateman and Elliot Whitehead, etc. They've had great success with having those players down there at the Canberra Raiders. So we see how Morgan Smithies goes for the next three seasons. I hinted at it earlier, but I just wanted to go back to this you know, cricket team and who's getting paid what. We had it in the uh, situation with the English cricket team. Now Michael Vaughan saying, well, I think there's a little bit more to it than this. So they've released the contract details in the middle of a World Cup. What? So David Willey, he's over there bowling pretty well. Guess what? Didn't get a contract. Sorry, mate. Uh, and then we had Ben Stokes, who they said, well, we want to give you a three-year deal. No, I only want a one-year deal. So what's going on with this English cricket? So that's what we want to know. Australian-born England coach Matthew Mott has flatly denied any tension in his squad. Well, who's going to say, yeah, well, yeah, there's lots of tension. The most tension's coming because they're running last at the ICC World Cup. That's where all the tension's coming from. But you can't, like... When is the right time to talk about contracts with players? Not in the middle of the World Cup. I don't think in the middle of an ICC World Cup is in the top 12 answers. But if you think this is new about Australian players getting all uppity or English players or any cricket players or any sports people about what they get paid, what about Don Bradman back in 1932-33 threatened to pull out of the ashes and go and play in the Lancashire League because the ACB fined him for writing a newspaper article? That's 90 years ago. That happened. What about Ian Chappell when World Series cricket came about? And he said, hang on, Cricket Australia's just announced the gate. They've got £10,000. And I'm looking around, went to three, uh, we're getting paid about 10 bucks a head. So where's all the money going? David Warner. Remember when he was the marquee player in the BBL and every other nose was out of joint? So they all went, right, you've got to pay me more. Hello to you, Nathan Lyon, playing for the Melbourne Renegades in season 2023. So... It's not a new thing. What's new is that England decided to do it during the course of a World Cup. one 1170 Get us on the text line. 0457-736-736. Before we speak to Matty Rogers, let's head north. And our man Stevie is on the line from Brisbane. What do you got for us, Steve? Go ahead, caller. Nah, that's, we're not going to go ahead, call. Oh, is he there? No, he's not there. He's not there. Righto, Stevie. Out you go. See you, pal. Uh, g'day, Jimmy. Greatest sportist in justice. Yeah, Jane Savills. Good on you, Brett. I've, I just get the sense, Brett, that those ears of yours. We've had that through a little bit earlier. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I think Steve's there. So this, here we go. One for the true believers. Uh, Hello, Stevie. Uh, afternoon, Jimmy. Yeah, mate, I just got one for your thing. What about... Maradona's hand of God. Yeah. Yeah. It was that against the English, though. So time. does that negate yeah. it a little? Uh, somewhat, but you still say <laughs> that it did cost somebody. So, yeah. you know, well, it, sometimes we've got to feel for, sorry for those blokes, as commonly known as soap dodgers. So, so h- hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. So during that very same match, you might know that. What was the score of that game? Do you remember? Because if it was 2 I nil, can't remember. That's. Yep. Yeah, if it was 2-0... It still two doesn't nil, matter. It still, still puts everything right out of context. I'll I tell you what. All right, thanks for the call, Stevie. We do appreciate that. But what it, what it does tell me is that I'm going to check the score on that game because the other goal 
that Diego Maradona scored in that game was arguably the greatest goal ever scored in World Cup finals. He beat five defenders in scoring that goal. So uh, someone might be able to tell us uh, what the final score was in Argentina v England, 1986 World Cup. I think, was it a quarterfinal or a semifinal? A quarterfinal, I think, but... um, Someone will be able to tell us. one 1170 The text line 0457-736-736. Up next, Matty Rogers. Well, he's doing an outstanding job on Sports Day. Uh, he's having to put up with Scotty Sattler, which is challenging in itself. 200 NRL games, eight origins for Queensland, 11 test matches for the Kangaroos, 45 test matches for the Wallabies. Matty Rogers is on the line. G'day, Matt. Hey, Jimmy. How are you? Mate, I'm really well. I'm really well. And thanks for your time today, mate. I do appreciate it. I'd love to know your thoughts. Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones and what's happening at Rugby Australia. Where do we start, mate? Oh, mate, it's a debacle, isn't it? It's, um, it's, it's incredibly disappointing. I feel for the people that would have, you know, put their... Um, Oh, you know, they, they would have gone to bat for him to get him the job for starters. He's really he's let a lot of people down. Um, you know, I, I get it that Eddie probably wanted a few things to work, work a certain way for him to, to stay there in terms of, you know, pathways and stuff leading to the Wallabies and maybe some of that didn't happen for him. But it's um, it's an incredibly disappointing situation. I'm a, I'm a rugby fan. You know, I, I'm, I'm like any rugby fan out there. I'm a... And you know, I, I guess I've got a I've got a personal relationship with Eddie too. I had a lot to do with him over my uh, time in rugby. He was he was my coach for four years, and um, I had a lot of respect for him. And unfortunately, um, that's that's waned a little bit over the last sort of a uh, couple of weeks. Disappointing. Yeah. So I, I was going to ask you that, Matt. So I know he was your coach when you were playing in the Wallabies team, and now you're you're looking at him from afar on this occasion. Do you think there's been a change? In Eddie, or or what what has prompted this? Because it, I don't know whether I'd say it's out of character, but it's certainly misleading, um, given the way that he came into the job. You know, the most disappointing thing I, I think is just um, you know the way it's finished. Um, I, I understand, you know, when Eddie came into the role, you know, he, he's, he's tried to shake things up, you know, and, and look, there's been a lot of criticism around him not picking certain players. And, 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 you know, I thought it was, it was probably unwarranted, to be honest, like given the fact yep. that, you know, we're not leaving a World Cup winning squad at home. Like, we haven't won anything for 20 years. He wanted to make some changes. He wanted to, to see if he could sort of, you know, ignite some fire in some of these young guys and get, get some things happening. But the reality is it just, it just didn't work. Now, I get that, that that happens. But, you know, then to sort of throw the, sort of the, you know, the, the toys out of the cot and, you know, resign... Um, I'm unsure what the internal workings are at the ARU in terms of, you know, what he was, you know, what what the demands were in terms of pathways and and, and the structure around Australian rugby union. But for him to to walk away now, um, you know, I feel for the likes of Phil War, who's probably been one of the guys that went to bat for him, that, that would have said, mate, he's he's going to be a good guy for the job. Um, I'm a little disappointed in the way Hamish McLennan has, has handled things around. You know, when there's been criticism of the game and him saying things to the likes of, you know, if you don't like it, don't watch it. I mean, that's not the attitude we want from a guy leading the game. You know, yeah. they're trying to draw people into the game. Um, you know, and I was just, I'm, I'm having lunch with a few friends at the moment. We were talking about it. And I said, 
you know, in, in 10, 15 years' time, rugby, rugby won't be alive because the fans are guys like us who have loved it for years. They're not attracting any teenagers to, to, to support the game right now. Uh, yeah. In 10 or 15 years' time, you know, the, the, the fans will just drift away and there won't be a, 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 a powerful, you know, presence in, in rugby in Australia. And that's, that's disappointing. We'll end up being a, a Soccer Australia model where all our players will be overseas and we'll have to call them back to play for us, which is disappointing. Yeah. yeah. Give us the best assessment of the state of the union as it stands right now, Matt. You've, you've enunciated there what it might look like in 10 or 15 years' time. but And, and if... if if it's heading that way, how does Rugby Australia or other entities involved in grassroots re- rugby stop that? Oh, well, it, well it, it's just got to filter right back to... Well, first and foremost, this is, this is what I think. I, I think the, the unions within Australia, New South Wales, you know, ACT and the like, and, you know, Melbourne, they're, they're, it's all a little bit of a, you know, it's, 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 it's not focused towards pushing... To, towards the Wallabies, we're not working together as unions yep. collectively. Um, you know, if you look at New Zealand, everything is geared towards that black jersey. Everything is geared towards how do we, you know, fast track these young talented players and, and you know develop them and create a pathway for them to wear that black jersey. It just hasn't been like that, you know, for a number of years here in Australia. Um, they've got to sit down and, and, and get it together as as a country. We really need to focus on, you know, what's the best for Australian rugby, not what's the best for the Brumbies, what's the best for the Reds, what's the best for the Waratahs. It's what's the best for Australian rugby. How do we... Because at the end of the day, if, if that Wallaby jersey doesn't mean everything to the players, I mean, it does to the players who put it on. There's no question about that. But, it, but if that's not the ultimate goal for each union to, to get their players through to that Wallaby jersey and have that... Australian team firing, it's going to filter back to people wanting to watch the game, which in turn helps those unions. And at the moment, it just seems like everyone's a little bit every man for himself. Um, yeah. And we needed to get together as a, as a country um, to give us the, the, the best hope for Australian rugby to survive and, and to get us back to where we, you know, I mean, 20 years ago, you couldn't get a ticket to a Bledisloe. I mean, they'd yep. sell out in five minutes. Now they're trying to give them away. It's yeah. um, just not a healthy place for the game to be. Um, Need some need some decision makers in there, uh, pull on the right strings, and you know, with any hope, um, in you know, it's going to take some time, Jimmy. That, that's the reality. It's going to, they're just going to have to, you know, can, yeah. Ireland did it in 2007. They stripped their whole game back. They stripped their whole union back, and you know, Steve Anderson, you know, an Aussie um, who's been involved in rugby league for many years, went and worked with the Irish rugby union, put a plan together in 2007 to strip the game back and redevelop. Uh, their, their junior pathways and, and create, you know, what they've created today. It's, it's taken time, but the Australian rugby's going to have to do that uh, because what, yeah. they're, what they're doing right now is not working. Is Phil War the right man to do that? Is Hamish McLennan the right person mm. to do that? Yeah, it's, it's a good question, Jimmy. I, I really don't know what's going on on the, on the inside. Uh, I'm a big fan of Phil War. Phil War's an incredibly passionate, incredibly articulate and smart man in terms of you know, business. Um, he's worked yep. in the banking sector for many years at a high level. He knows business, um, and he's, he's passionate about the game. Um, I'm just, I'm just unsure um, of, of how much power and how much say he has when you've got a Hamish McLennan who's the executive chair and you've got the board who are making the decisions. And you know, how much does Phil War, how much influence does he have? I, mean, yeah. I, I really don't know. 
Um, I know one thing, that he'll be doing everything in his power to turn things around. Um, whether or not he has the ability to make the right decisions or, or to actually make decisions is yet to be seen um, or, or I'm unsure of. So we'll have to wait and see. Mm. So Phil War sounds like the right person for you. Do I hear a question mark yep. about Hamish McLennan? Yeah, you certainly do on the Hamish McLennan right. side. Yeah, there's yep. certainly a question mark in my eyes. Um, look, I've, I've never, I've never met the man, um, but I, I was, I was absolutely gobsmacked, you know, during the year when he was, you know, questioned about the state of rugby, and and his comment was, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Well, yeah. to starters, you've made it hard enough for us to watch it. You put, you, you don't <laughs> stand. And like, it's, it's not the most popular streaming sports streaming service. Um, and, you know, you've probably only got your real diehard fans who are locked into that. So, you know, well, it, it, there's, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be sorted, Jimmy. It's not, it's not a, there's not one magic bullet, I don't think, not one silver bullet that can fix it. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things that need to need to shift and change. And, look, I just hope that um, some decisions get made that, that put, it, put it on the right path because, you know, I, I, I played it. And, and, mate, I'll tell you now, it's... As a 17-year-old, when I was playing rugby at school, if rugby had been professional, I would never have played rugby league. And, and yeah, that, wow. that, that was where I was. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's disappointing to see the state of the game at the moment, but hopefully things can, can come right. I'm going to give the captain's pick for the next coach to Matt Rogers. Who gets the gig? Uh, mate, I, I, would, I would look at, and, and this might disappoint a few people in terms of what I'm about to say, but I, I would look at, you know, someone like an Ian Foster, someone out of that New Zealand system who's got the respect of, you know, people who, who understands a system that is geared towards pushing towards that main goal of, you know, wearing the, the national jersey. Um, if I was Steve Larkin, uh, like he could do the job. There's no question about it. But yep. I, I wouldn't want the job right now. You, you, you need a, a, a full restructure shift. And I think it's, you're on a bit of a hiding to nothing um, going in there at the moment if things aren't going to change structurally um, yeah. because we're just not getting the players coming through and you're not getting the talent. And we were hopelessly outmatched in games where, you know, we just, we should, we just shouldn't have been, um, yeah. which, is, which is so disappointing. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, um, the, the number, the, the, the the results that we had at the World Cup, I think, in the long term, will, will do us good because we've sort of hit rock bottom. If yep. we made it to the quarters, eked through to the quarter and, and got into the semi, got beaten, you know, you come back and everyone, like, gives us you a little golf club, well done, you know, you tried hard, we probably didn't have the players, but, you know, next time, I think the results of this World Cup have shown that, you know, our younger players aren't up to it yet. Um, our older players haven't been able to do it for 20 years. Um, we need to make some changes. Yeah. Uh, I've heard you on Sports Day. I know you are passionate about the game of rugby. Great to have you on today, mate. We do appreciate it. Let you get back to lunch with your, your friends. Just before that, uh, a question here from a listener. Ask Rat how he went at golf today. Oh, I shot a 68 today, four under. Had a good oh! round. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well played. Yeah, yeah. I play a lot of uh, golf, Jimmy, so it's, uh, <laughs> I, I hope that, uh, I, yeah, my wife says, if you don't shoot scores like that, I'd be disappointed you're out there that much. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
at least yeah. you're proving you're on the golf course, right? So there you go. That's <laughs> yeah, that's no, good. Good spot out here at the Glades on the Gold Coast. It's lovely. <laughs> uh, very nice. Good on you, Matty. Great to chat, mate. Appreciate your time today. Cheers, Jimmy. See you, mate. Uh, there he is, Matty Rogers. As I say, you can hear him on Sports Day with with Scotty Sattler. He is passionate about his rugby. Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't realise how much he does love it. And you heard him there. If rugby had professional pathways when he left the Southport School, he would never have played rugby league. All right, let's get ourselves to a break. Uh, just before that, Jimmy Maradona's second goal was special as he only used his left foot from defence to goal. That's from James. All right, I'm going to have to check that goal out again. Absolutely. We still haven't got the game score of that one. I'll work that out in the break as well. All right, let's get to that and then we're back with more.